Hello, welcome to today's show. This is going to be a very special session of Franchise Wisdom, where we interview expert franchisees that have done it, been there, and have been successful at it. And so today we have a very special guest. His name is William Huarbe, and he was a franchisee, a multi-unit franchisee for Pearl Vision. So he has a long story and a lot of really great tips for you to learn how you can achieve the dream that he has accomplished. So let's go ahead and get started. Good morning, Aisha. I'm here in New Caledonia. Uh, it is uh, three o'clock in the morning. So Wow, three <laughs> o'clock in the morning. Welcome, William. I am so happy that you were able to make this happen. I, had, I didn't realize it was that much of a time difference. So where That's are you? True. You're in Caledonia. Where are you? I see that you are. It's, obviously, it's dark. Where exactly are you? Are you in a hotel? Are you in a house? Where are you? No, I'm here in my catamaran. In, a, in, an, in an Iceland, in front of the Bay of New Caledonia, we are heading to Australia in a couple of weeks. Uh, Australia is about 700 miles from here, and we have been crossing and sailing since last year. We started in La Rochelle, France, on the East Coast. Uh, we did the Mediterranean Sea, then we crossed the Atlantic, and this year we crossed the Pacific, uh, stopping, you know, uh, in Galapagos, Marquesas. Uh, Tahiti, Bora Bora, all those places, Tomodos Islands. It's have been an incredible adventure, uh, this journey. Very, 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 very nice. Wow. Can you imagine? For those of you that are listening to that, that is what's possible in franchising. And William yes. really is an example of what that can be. That's amazing. And what made you decide to buy a catamaran and travel the world? What made you decide to do that? I started planning this uh, retirement maybe two or five years before my retirement. So it's traveling is, is uh, my blood. We love to travel, me and my wife. And, and having a catamaran, it's an amazing opportunity to visit these unique places around the world and give us the, the time to spend with uh, local people, meet other fellows that have... Uh, all sailors that have sailboats, and there are many, many around the world from all part of the world. And it's a, it's a been an incredible, incredible journey. We have a lot of experiences, good ones, all of them. Volcanoes, small villages in Fiji, Tonga, Vanuatu. It's been really amazing. Wow, that is amazing. And when you started in franchising, like in the first, your first job, do you ever imagine that you would be where you are now? No, no. <laughs> no I started, let me tell you something about me, you know, I'm, let me start when I'm yes, please, please, Yeah, you know, I, I got so amazed about the life you have now. Please do introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about who William Huarbe is and what brand you were able to, you know, develop and, and, and be able to then get the success and be where you are right now. Tell us a little bit about your history. Let's go back to the beginning. I'm William Huarbe. I'm retired who spent 40 rewarding years as owner of Pearl Vision franchise business. After a successful career in the world of eye care, I embarked on the new journey in retirement, sailing around the world. Exploring the beauty of our planet ocean, I'm enjoying the freedom and adventure that retirement has to offer, while carrying with me a well of experience and memories from entrepreneurial years. Yes. 
Now, um, and where are you originally from? Puerto Rico. You're from Puerto Rico. Okay. So tell me, you know, why did you get into franchising? Like why franchising and how did you get into that? Well, I started in the franchise business while I was working with Prohibition in 1982. When the company began as converting corporate stores and selling them for the first time in Puerto Rico as franchise stores. At that moment, this represents an opportunity to have and manage my own business, allowing me to also be part of the big of the biggest optical chain in the U.S. and Puerto Rico. Looking back, when you are 22 year old, this look a fantastic accomplishment. <laughs> I did not have any previous experience or degree in business, but I was young and eager to move on. Mm. So what happened was that Pearl opened their corporate store or, or stores in Puerto Rico and you work for them, right? What was your job just, at that point? Mm -hmm. I was uh, I was having a training to be a, a manager of one of the stores. So what was your very first job? During my training, I had the opportunity to be in the laboratory, warehousing, and when, uh, when they opened the, the window to start converting the store into franchise, I was working as a manager training on the retail uh, floor. Wow. So you were manager in training in the retail floor, and then they said, hey, we're going to make this into a franchise. And you said, wow, that's a great opportunity to have your own, your own. How did you, where did you get the money to acquire the franchise? I talked to my father. I say, listen, I need that you gave me your sign. Uh, to go to, I need to. We need to go to the bank right away, and please help me with this uh, loan uh, that I am interested in getting this uh, business and develop my career here. And so, your dad gave you the money then to to get started. No, they gave me the. Uh, and let's how do we how do you say when they sign? Oh, he signed for you, so he was like a signature of the loan. Yeah, he guaranteed this. He loan. guaranteed the loan. Wow, what a great. And he was there and he trusted in you and believed in you enough to do that. Have you been to college before that? Do you get a college degree at all? I had a, uh, I started college and I have about two years of college. I didn't finish college. So when I started my business, I went back to the college and I finished my bachelor's degree in administration. And then I got a degree in optician also. A degree in what? In optician, optician degree. Optician. Oh, okay. Wow. That's uh that's amazing. So why did you I know that you had the opportunity to acquire Pearl Vision, right? But like why did you believe that that was the right brand for you? Like why do you think that it, you wanted to to get that loan and and buy the franchise? Why do you thought the business was a good business? What did you know about it? I don't know much. Uh as I mentioned to you, I was 22 years old. So Maybe that was uh, no, no, it was good because if I during this day that you have so much information, you analyze so many things. Uh, maybe I didn't make the decision that I made before. So that's uh, that's a uh, it was a it was an incredible journey. Huh? To be more specific, huh? this is a. Uh, they offer us a store and in a shopping center, and we went there one day uh, to verify the sales and see the store. And, and okay, 
we saw the store, we walk around the store because we didn't know much about business. That's the only thing that we did at that moment. I'm talking about 1983. Wow. So, so, so we get back, we get uh, the money from the bank. We signed the franchise agreement. I start working in this store. And you know what? The shopping center wasn't chapter uh, 11 or seven, whatever, oh, you know. No. Was, uh, oh no, and you did not know that because you didn't do, you didn't do your- didn't know that. But because I didn't know the impact of that, I, con I start on the business working really hard. I doubled the sales in maybe two, three, four months. I figured out that the problem in the store was the service. So that was something that I learned since the beginning. So I, I was always, you know, focused on the service in the business. I started um, delivering the eyeglasses faster than ever, doing a great services, and my sales jobs jumped, uh, doubled in the first year, you know, and then triple second, third year. Huh? Wow. So, okay. I, so, what was, I, so what was the impact of the of the shopping center being in chapter in, in chapter eleven? Like you know, going bankrupt. What what was it? What how did it affect your business? Two. Well, we was lucky that the store was located. It is located, still open. It is located in front of the shopping center. So the we had always a traffic that you know visit our stores. And after you know after maybe one year, the mall went out of the. Uh, bankruptcy court and uh, we have full mall open so works very well you know okay all right wow that's uh that's an amazing start you definitely you definitely learned a lot of things so think of your career as a franchisee uh what what would you say was the best part about being a franchisee what was the best part about being a franchisee i would say it provides you to learn the business development through training and historical insights, fostering knowledge, sharing among peers, managing employees, and servicing as a mentor. Achieving goals is highly rewarding, while also gaining exposure to the culture and large enterprise. This experience offers personal and professional growth serving as a valuable education platform for franchise expansion or independent entrepreneurship. Mm. Can you tell me a story of you being a franchisee? Tell me a story about something that happened with, I don't know, your employees or your stores. Tell me something that happened to you that really meant a lot during your franchise, during your franchisee career. Can you think of something that maybe a store opening or people that you developed? Like, tell me something like a story about that. Oh, we do. Uh, uh, we serve as a mentor of many people. Uh, we have uh, optical uh, optician student working with us that became optometrist later. Uh, we motivate and we gave the space to uh, for a lot of people that used to work for us for to become uh, opticians. We encourage them to study and um, keep a career on our business. We still have people in the company that have been working for us in maybe 1986. We still we have people with that have a long, long uh, career in our business. So it's that's a very rewarding, very rewarding for me. Huh? 
Mm -hmm. Can you think of one particular person that you really maybe proud of or happy or what they were able to accomplish because of you and your company? There was maybe thousand in 40 years and I'm so happy for a lot of them, a lot of them. Many years ago, I had a friend of my wife and she's a lady to start working with us and she have this condition uh, on on his uh, cornea that doesn't doesn't look well. Huh? She needs she need a very uh, uh, strong prescription at that moment. She was almost blind working in an optical store. When sometime when we arrive at the store, sometime we arrive at the store, she asking me, "How can I help you?" But you know, we uh, we encouraged her to have a surgery and get a cornea transplant, and that's what happened. You know, that was really kind. Also, and at the end, I. I presented to a friend of mine, they get married, and she started working for us. Oh, really? Wow. So not only yes. do you help her with eyesight, find her a husband, and then work for you too. Wow. Yes. <laughs> That's amazing. It's amazing how much impact you can do on people when you are an entrepreneur and a business owner, isn't it? It's, uh, it's just amazing. Looking back, it's the impact that you do on this kind of uh service is amazing it's incredible so you started with one store then how did you grow like how many stores did you then did you open more stores did you buy the others like how do you grew and how many stores do you end up having the most out of well in the during the my career we start with one optical store then uh, we continue adding store in uh at the beginning it was a little bit slow because the company was not uh, able to sell more stores or convert more stores into franchise stores. And then, then the policy changed maybe after 15, 20 years, and then we start acquiring more stores. And we went from one store to 13, 13 stores. And we was at one moment we was the biggest franchise uh, C in the optical business in Prohibition. Huh? Then later we have uh, other people that have more stores in, in the U.S. Wow. So the maximum number of stores you had was 13. 13. And so, okay, so you had 13 stores. And from the, your work on 13 stores, you were able to retire still young and buy a catamaran and sail the world with 13 stores. Yes. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? That's not the American dream. That's not the American dream right there. <laughs> yes. yes. It's a blessing. So we talked about all the best things about being a franchisee. Now tell me a little bit about what are the worst things about being a franchisee? What are the bad things that, you know, that maybe you experienced, you know, as a franchisee uh, in your journey? Well, being a franchisee is not having a personal relationship. It is a business relationship. It can be challenging to get in and out of it. Huh? Make sure that you are committed. Everything is about numbers. It is a simple equation. They want you to grow, and the franchise needs you. If you're doing well, you are in the eyes of everyone. Expectation about being a legend can be frustrating. And there is no perfect system. Focus on your performance, maintain a master plan, and divide it into small targets. And focus. Focus on those targets. During the franchise, you're doing your franchise journey like 
likely like me or any uh, most of the franchise owner on which you stay for years, there will be uh, they will often come across many general managers, CFOs, uh, CMOs, and so will do great and so will not. It does not matter. If you focus on your master plan, everything will align. Even with strong brand, persistent remain essential. This is just the beginning. Focus on your target, no matter what happened in your franchise system. With the same love they sold your franchise, they will come after you if your number does not behave accordingly. Yeah. So, so what you say, bottom line, is that the bad thing about being a, a franchisee or in the franchise is that for, when it comes to your franchisor, you are sometimes a number, right? You're successful. You are. You do well, you know. And uh, but if you don't do well, then now that's not good. And and so you do have the stress of that performance. But I love how you say about you know, stay consistent, have your master plan, because if you have a plan and you execute and focus little bit by little bit, you will be able to get there. And 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 that is so true. And some people will work out, right? Some people do great job for you as an employee and some people are not. And, and so not take that failure, you know, to heart, right? So can you share an example of a failure that you have, or maybe an employee that you thought would be great and without names, um, but that it didn't work out. Can you tell us a little bit, a specific story of something that happened that you were, you had to overcome? Yes, uh, and there's one situation that we had a couple couple store, yeah, a couple of employees working for us, and we. This is very sad because this is one of the employees that I we we help them to become uh, to study when he started working with with us. He doesn't have any college degree, any degree at all. So we gave the time and the space to study and have a degree in optician. And suddenly, how do you say, he had talked to other employees. He was not happy at all with the company. So he had this idea to one day resign, but also talk to a bunch of other uh, employees to resign at the same time and leave the store empty. But well, I always treat everyone well. And, and that doesn't work for him, you know. <laughs> he was not able to do it. Uh, he ends. He ends working for the. We promoted. He ends working for the for a competitor. You know that yes. is really heartbreaking. You know when that happens, and it happens. It happens a lot, William. You know, and uh, well, not really a lot, but it happens often enough that um, it really is heartbreaking, especially when you were doing all that to support him on his education. Yeah. So, so I am, yeah, I am sure that probably was, you know, very sad for you. Yeah. So, so let's move on. Let's talk about the lessons that you learned because I mean, how many years were you in, uh, in franchising? Uh, 40 years. 40 years in franchising. That is a lot of knowledge, a lot of experience, a lot of wisdom. So, yes. So imagine there's going to be a lot of people that are going to be, listening to the and watching this show and, and listening to the show uh, that are going to wonder how, you know, what are the tips? What are the best practices? What are the things that we can do so that we can be as successful as William, you know, has been and buy ourselves a catamaran and travel the world? So what are the lessons that you would share with everybody here, audience, on, on what are those lessons? Well, there are many and each one has its time. In the past and in the present, after 40 years, I would say 
that growing and perseverance is fundamental in the franchise business. Everything starts to turn around with multiple when you can control your expenses in, in a such way that it's allow you to grow your cash flow and you can become a multi-owner store operator. When that happens, you realize that exponential growth, you realize the exponential growth when you get a second and keep adding. Huh? These days, quantity matters while maintaining quality. Remember always to control your expenses. It is crucial. Perseverance, keep your focus, and don't wait for anyone. I remember when I started using computers with limited knowledge. It happened also with uh, many software in the in the area of the business. You have two options, wait for someone to teach you or learn. I choose not to wait for no one. I learned as much as I could to be able to manage any situation without delays. As faster you move, more time you will gain later. This is one of the primary objectives when you are in the, in a leadership role. Mm, yes, definitely. So tell me about, you know, cost controls. You said that that was obviously crucial because, you know, just having sales alone does not make you profit. So when it comes to profitability, you have to control your cost. One of the things that we say at the academy is that when you acquire the rights to duplicate a brand, what you're acquiring is the brand, the product, the service, processes, the image, you know, and some of the marketing support and materials, you know, which then gives you revenue, right? That what it does is that then people come to that store and are willing to give you money in exchange for that product or service. But that does not mean profit, right? You To be able to get profit, you have to control your cost. So can you Tell me a couple of things that you and your team used to do to control labor, for example. Like, what would you do? Like, how would you control labor? How do you manage labor costs? Well, we manage labor costs by uh, analyzing the, the type of service that the store requires. Huh? We analyze that, we know, you know, you don't want to be in a position that you have, it doesn't have enough employees to do the service on your stores. Huh? And this, I saw this um, in many business. They they start having lower sales and suddenly they start uh, cutting the expenses in, uh, in employees. So what happened is, for me, it's like a change huh? because you don't have the employee to serve your customers. And when the customer get there, his customer is going to be angry because there is no, not enough employees. They're not this these people doesn't come back. You know, this is this is the experience that they had and this is all about experience. You know, you need to provide a really nice experience, the best experience possible. Huh? So people enjoy the visit on, on on your stores and they are willing to come back and also go back to their houses or uh, works and say, Oh, we I went to this store and then they provide me a great services. I, you know, if you need some eyeglasses or the product you said, this is the place that you need to go. So it's important that balance, you know, huh? it's very important. Make sure that you have the correct amount of employees so you serve. And if at the beginning, sometimes you don't have the, the money, you need to find out some financing, make sure that you provide services 
it's very important for you to grow your business. Mm -hmm. So then how do you make sure that you had enough profit? Like what kind of things would you do, William, with your team to ensure that your leaders were controlling the cost so that you have profits? Like what kind of things would you do? You need to analyze all the the purchases that you do and uh, also keep an eye of you have a purchase agents, you know, you need to keep an eye of what is what is someone is purchased. Uh, because sometimes remember uh, if you gave this uh, job of buying for your company, huh, it's more easy for someone that is not responsible for the payment to buy more. Huh? So it's important to manage purchases. Some because also you don't sometimes you don't control the 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 sales price. Huh? The sale price established in the market. Huh? Some you you cannot you know you cannot have uh, have. Uh, for example, a product for a thousand dollar because this is is not real. Huh? So the market established the price. So you need you didn't you need to deal with the cost and expenses. That will make sure that you make enough profit and grow your cash flow. Mm, growing your cash flow so so important for sure. So how would you manage that with your team? Like, would you have weekly meetings? Did you share you know some sort of dashboard or reports? with your team? Like, how do you talk about the business with them so that they would help you control the expenses? Well, communication is essential in any business. Uh, it's important to um, communicate with your uh, manager team, your staff, and they communicate with the, uh, the people that do the retail service. They need to know what is happening in the store. It's not that they need to know how much money you are making, but they need to know, you know, if you're doing, if we, as a team, we're doing good. It's important to have, we try to have meetings, you know, every two or three months uh, uh, with all the staff. And we also uh, encourage them to um, discuss whatever we discuss in our meeting with their staff. So people are, engage in the business huh? and you treat the people uh, well and they will also respond really well they will feel like you know this is the place that they want to work this is the place that I want to uh, make a career and they will start caring a lot huh? when you when you treat people well in the business so so important you know you're right because at the end of the day you cannot do anything without your people Right. You have to you need your people to be able to do what you've done, especially when you become a multi-unit franchisee. Right. How did why did you decide You know, let me go back a little bit about why did you decide to go from one unit to multiple units? Why? You know, you had one store, you were doing well, you double your sales, you triple your sales. You know, why did you decide to get another store? Like like what make you decide that? I want to grow. Huh? I want to be big. You know, that's uh I want to be bigger and bigger, you know, in terms of everything, not not in quantity of stores. So what I would like to, you know, also, I was, I, I feel that I can manage more store, more people, because you have more store, you need to manage more people. And then I was uh, really young. That was a good challenge for us. For me and my wife, and uh, also my team was uh, willing to to work with uh, with us, uh, adding more stores. 
And um, when the opportunity uh, knock your door, it's important to make the right decision. Huh? Because especially in the franchise business, if, if you don't take that opportunity, someone is going to take it. Huh? So it's, uh, it's something that can change your future. I see that. So you always thought that you wanted to grow and, and be big, not just, you know, for the sense of it, but to be able to then, you know, lead more people, have more units and, and just do more. I guess once you have one, you were, you eventually got bored and having more units made it more exciting, right? Yes. And when you realize that it's uh, sometimes it's not as complicated as you think, you know, because you already have the, if you have the infrastructure, the, the infrastructure, you have your office, you have your staff. Adding more, adding more stores sometimes is easy because you, if you have everything well set up, huh, it's going to be easy. You know, it's going to be a matter of, you know, adding more more staff so you can manage more people. And then it's you repeat the same scene again with the second, third, fourth, fifth, until you get 13 stores or right. even so, more stores. It, right. But it all starts with having the setup and the processes and procedures in place. Once you have that, growing is easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You need to have everything set up. You need to have good manual, uh, good uh, process. You need to do training. As much training as you do, it's going to be a lot better for you and your staff. And you, you, you're going to see it on your, you, you're going to see it on your, uh, on your numbers at the end of the years. The training is crucial. It's crucial that people are very well training. And how do you do training? Because obviously being in Puerto Rico, you know, being away from everything, like you, would you create trainings? You know, how do you train your people? Do you use only the franchisor materials or do you come up with your own materials to do training? No, I become with my own materials. And uh, at that moment, you know, uh, everything was in English. Now now the company has some, uh, some information in Spanish. Still limited. Would be nice to have more. Uh, but we create our own materials, you know. Mm, you see that it was that important that you created your own materials and, and, and that was part of the reason of your success. Yeah, that's great. So we talked about, obviously, training was part of your success. What other things do you think that you did that make you successful? Because I'm sure there were other Pearl franchisees that were not successful. What was the difference between them and you? Like, why were you successful? Why were you able to grow and succeed and have a catamaran now. Like, what were the things that you specifically did to make that happen? I think that, well, I'm sure. I was not spending, I was not a big spending guy. I didn't spend what I don't make. And I saw in my career many uh, franchise uh, owners that suddenly they think that they have a, a business and they went to a dealer, get a Mercedes van. Uh, and we, I, when we went to a meeting, and I was in my own accord, uh, I'm talking about many years ago. So I saw these people, you know, with Mercedes Benz, did I'm doing something wrong here? Because when you have a business, that doesn't mean that you have uh, the key to spend whatever you want to spend. You know, you need to control your expenses, huh? Because otherwise, you're not, you're not going to be able to make a good cash flow, and you're going to be able to have the money to spend your business. And they. And because you are in a franchise business, when you you need to do reporting, and and the franchisor will know if you are the right candidate to grow or not. 
Oh, that's a great point because if you if you're spending more than you're supposed to and and they see it and you don't have the capital, then the franchisor could actually have you not grow. That's a great point. Uh, and you're yeah. right. Wonderful. So there are going to be some people that are thinking about becoming a franchisee that are going to be watching, you know, and, and hearing this show. What would you tell to those people that are thinking they're, they're scared, they're worried about, you know, they want to be a franchisee or they want to be an entrepreneur. They're thinking franchising might be the way, but they're not really sure. You know, who do you what would you tell those people or those people that, you know, either thinking about it or had just started and, you know, and, and are afraid to, to grow? What would you tell them? about what's possible like what would you share with them well time is limited and today we have an incredible access to most so much information and information is opportunity every minute every second represent our opportunity do not wait for anyone access the information that you need and start learning focus and maintain maintaining it's a crucial to track your goals Focus and maintaining it is crucial to track your goals. I observe so many people these days distracted and out of focus. This could disrupt your plan. Again, focus on what is really important for you so you can accomplish your objective. Great. And um, tell me, now that you're retired, when you make your plan for retirement, what happened to your stores? Do you still own them and somebody's running them? Did somebody in your family take them over? What happened to your stores? I sold the business, uh, I sold the stores, and uh, I have uh, the buyers really happy with the purchase. Uh, they're happy. still running Puerto Rico, the company's still growing. That's uh, very rewarding for me because after 40 years, this is what you want also. You want that, you know, your legacy, keep going, uh, keep going. This is so rewarding. Uh, I'm here on the other side of the, the world, but I feel so so good realize that you know after 40 years you still have a legacy that is uh going to continue that's it's a wonderful uh feeling mm, for a long long time william you're right that is fantastic well thank you for taking the time to you know speak with me and uh, i know that it's it's late night over there so we can't really see what uh, it looks like where you are uh, but I really appreciated you know, being three in the morning, four in the morning at this point. Thank you for for joining us on this uh, show of franchise wisdom and sharing all the best practices and information that you have. And I am so glad to see someone like you, uh, William, that has been able to, after 40 years of hard work, being able to realize your dream, enjoy your life and leave that legacy behind. Anything that you want to say to close uh, today's show? Thank you very much for your interview. My voice wish, uh, wishes to all of you, and um, I'm here to to help. Uh, whatever you need, just let me know. Uh, this is going to be a great uh, sun sunrise here. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Thank you, William. And for everybody that was here with us today, thank you for being uh, with us in the show and we'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye.